Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to your God's Love podcast. I am Haley Helveston. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Melissa Louise here, and she's a sex and intimacy educator and pleasure advocate. Welcome. Thank you so much, Haley. It is so exciting to be back in this space with you. Yes, definitely. You know, your episode was one of my top episodes. Y'all, just to be, to remind you, for those of you who listened, it's the one that was called Semen is Liquid Gold. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Great feedback. She's back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you. It's so great to be back. And today we're going to be diving into the other polarity, which is the feminine around the feminine body and our complete gift within our own bodies around our sexuality, around our divine right to be operating from our place of pleasure so that we can manifest the life that we want, so we can be doing the work that we want, so we can be in the relationships we want, relationship with self. I really, you know, this is a really big part of the conversations at the moment, this aspect that success or relationship means with another with other and i really want to speak strongly to the fact that there are so many of us man and woman who are so happy and successful in a relationship with oneself single going forth being the expression they want and that their life is successful and our lives are really effing happy and fabulous being single if we want to choose that and that can shift and change but yeah i really really in the in those spaces at the moment of changing that narrative that a successful relationship isn't always with another is with oneself as well as a single Ooh, person if let's go into that because i'm really glad you said that because that is a big narrative in our society i had a conversation with a woman a few days ago on like oh you know there's not like there's something wrong with you like that belief of oh you're single it's not like you know and it's like yeah yeah, this fact that our life is based on, you know, that we, we open the gates <laughs> at the age of 18 and off we go. And we are in search of another, our twin flame, the other person that's going to complete us, looking for another half. The fact that life is only successful in business, in creation, in child rearing, in um, work, in happiness if there's another along our side. And for those that are in a relationship, co-creating, moving their, their blocks, you know, always evolving and growing, awesome. Like that's incredible. And those of us that are single doing that in a single uh, container, awesome. But this aspect that we're not gonna be successful unless we're in a relationship, unless we are coupled with another is so damaging because what that ends up doing is allowing many people to place themselves into situations or agreements, aka relationships that aren't so fulfilling, that aren't allowing them to flourish, but they're hanging on to the fact that we should stay together. I should be with this person, should, should, should. Like, like I should just nut this out. I'm not talking about hard work in a relationship. I'm not talking about, you know, having that commitment and doing what it takes to be yourself as a better person but many people are doing deals with themselves and this is a very big aspect we're going to talk about the feminine today that many women are doing deals with themselves for the sake of 
feeling safe or of feeling um, as if they are successful by being in relationships that don't nourish them, that don't, that don't support them, you know? Yeah. And you know, that's really deep and bred in the culture of where I'm from, especially in the South and America. It's like, Oh, when you turn 30, are you going to get married? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's so detrimental. I'm all about marriage. I'm all about relationships. Obviously we talk about relationships, you and I, but it's like doing that from a place of, I'm dating someone where we're both growing and evolving together instead of I'm dating him out of um, he's fulfilling my need for safety and security, which is what you were saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. And when we look at the brick and mortar safety and security, often we're doing deals for emotional security. So if we're doing something under a pressure of a container that is that we place ourselves inside, our emotional security plays second best. And then what happens, and this is a big part about our, our orgasmic health, when I know you also receive this type of um, questioning and people inquiring, like, I can't orgasm. Why can't I orgasm with my partner? I don't experience these types of orgasm. A lot of that has to do with how are you emotionally well looked after? What situations are you in as far as stress, emotional stress, physical stress, work stress, family stress? all of that piles on top of the ability to experience pleasure and so then we place that there's something wrong with our body you know there's something wrong with us if we can't have an orgasm we don't find pleasure with the other so there's something wrong with us as opposed to looking at the larger picture of well does this serve me (laughs) to even be in this situation you know Preach. Yes. And I, and I think about that too. I had a woman say once, she said right before she was about to have sex with someone, uh, with this guy, her vagina, like her yoni literally closed up. I was like, okay, see. And even for guys, for the men listening, that can have trouble getting home. Our bodies never lie. Our bodies never lie, you know? It's like they're they're always giving us a message. And this is, you know, I know I often I get a lot of backlash when I write about the, the overuse of lube. But this is my point is like in that situation, if we don't have our pussies back and we don't have our bodies back, our head goes to, oh, there's something wrong with me. So then we get out the lube and we shove lube, you know, in our bit so that the penis can go inside and we're overriding what our pussy is saying. This is not okay. I need more time. Or you guys just need to hug. <laughs> I need to leave, you know, like is this. And so then that, that to me is what my narrative around the overuse of lube is. We're overriding our messages that the body is asking for because women too believe we take too long, you know, it's, oh my God, we've been, we've been at this for half an hour, an hour, and I'm still not ready. There's something wrong with me. I'm taking too long. And we put so much pressure on the man to penetrate, but we also put so much pressure that we need to be ready for a certain time because A, B, and C has happened. So it's, it's a really big step in our sovereignty as women, as men as well, but here speaking with, with women, the sovereignty of women begins in being able to really, really listen to her body. When mm-hmm. we listen to the messages of our genitals and we're able to drop into that, into the messages and have her back, understanding that we're not too much, understanding that we don't take too long. You know, it's not, this is the aspect that it's our problem as opposed to you know, the other providing a space where we're safe enough or the other one providing the space to keep on opening, you know, our genitals up. You know, it's like pointing the finger at ourselves going, there's something wrong with me as opposed to, oh, 
So what else do you have? What, what else do you have in your bags of tricks, honey? You know, like, let's keep going. I need more. You know, I need more arousal. I need more enticement. Let's see what else you have. I'm still not quite sure whether this is going to happen or not, you know. Mm, like, really playing with that, you know. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> Because loop companies just keep promoting it, promoting it, promoting it. I've even seen sex coaches that are constantly promoting the lube thing. And I, I haven't used lube in, lube in years, so I don't promote it. <laughs> yeah. It's, for me, it's, it's, we're missing the huge conversation in the middle. You know, we're, we're bypassing. This is that thing about bypassing the body's need or the body's messages, you know. So, yeah, I, th I think there's, there's an aspect of danger in that as well. It's like we become emotionally shut down when we don't have our pussies back. And so, yeah. Well, yeah, and then you become like that one woman where it just closed up. I was like, whoa, okay, well, your body was clearly saying that's a no for me. It's an absolute no. And what the opposite is, like, oh, my goodness, have you ever spoken to a man who's experienced a pussy open up and suck his cock in? Those men are changed men forever. I have, I've had one man speak to me going, you know, like he's, he was just in, he you know, can't talk properly. Like every time he think, thought about the experience when he was like relaying it to me, he was going, it changed his life forever. It changed the way he looked at sex. It changed the way that he could ever approach a woman. And he said it just it was the game changer for him to experience, like to be completely chosen by her pussy as well as her was the absolute game changer in his sex life. It's exquisite to listen to men that speak that way. It's like, mm. yeah, baby. <laughs> I love that. I'm glad you brought that up too. That is such good gold for everybody listening because that is so true. The times when that does happen, you're like, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is, you know, when we're speaking about listening to our pussy, it's just not the pussy. It's understanding our womb, understanding the heart space as a woman. I mean, our uh, map of arousal in the feminine body is mind, heart, pussy. The map of arousal in the masculine body is exactly the opposite. And for a damn good reason, there's nothing wrong with one or the other. You know, when we look at the yin yang symbol, like the polarity exists on the planet. You, there is no right or wrong. The, the, only, the only reason we know we have hot water is because we have cold water. Polarity exists that brings us into oneness in every single aspect that there is. So when we look at yin, <laughs> off I go. When we look at yin and yang, you know, the yin and yang symbol, we have, you know, one intense color of blackness and the other intense color of light, of white. But one is not better or higher than the other. And so then when we look at the map of arousal of the masculine and the feminine, this is a polarity. So even in a same-sex relationship, to have eroticism, you need to have polarity. Polarity needs to exist together to become into oneness. And the space of eroticism is that space of oneness of two polarities playing. So if you have two feminine bodies or two bodies that are coming from a feminine space or both bodies coming from a masculine, both are in masculine energy, then eroticism cannot evolve. You know, you just have this headbanging or this emasculation or you have this watered down version of existence, which when you're in your workplace, when you're in a family dynamic and you've got to get things done, there's places for that. But when we're looking at eroticism, we need to have that polarity. Now, in the feminine body, 
to really understand polarity, we need to understand our feminine way of being, which is understanding the womb, understanding the way our heart, just, you know, the feminine expression on the planet is to love, is to be seen and adored in love, to be cherished. There is nothing wrong with a man being cherished and the, in his feminine partner would go into her masculine energy to hold the space while he's in the chaotic expression of being cherished and being loved. Like it's a beautiful oscillating, you know, relationship. But being in a feminine body, one of the most empowering things a woman can ever do is understand this relationship between the pussy, the womb, and the heart. This is the trifecta, these three. And so understanding our cycle, following our cycle, mapping our cycle, creating our businesses and going into rest in a monthly cycle. We currently and for centuries <laughs> have lived in a world that is made for men by men. It is a masculine-based container that the feminine experience has not been celebrated. It's been taken, like all of the rituals in the Aztec's time, the feminine experience, in the Celtic times, the feminine, we had rituals that were based around the feminine experience and expression on the land. Our blood, our juices, the moon, people planted their crops by the moon. Now it's like, oh, it's February. <laughs> It's February on the calendar. This stuff needs to get done. You know, we're not following the seasons. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that is huge. And I think that mm. um, we pay massive consequences by not following the cycles of our body. We are all missing out. The men are missing out. The women in their bodies are missing out. Do you know what I mean? It's like the, the masculine's desire is to really receive and really be in, like, in the essence of the feminine. But if the feminine is not expressing herself in her feminine energy, if she's not following her cycle and she's not honoring that, then she's becoming diseased. She's coming disassociated from her own body. This is how we become quite ill. This is how we become like really stressed. Our bodies are full of cortisol, you know? And so when we're in that space, we're just headbutting against ourselves and against our men, you know, and we're always in our masculine energy, which is very depleting for us, which, you know, which means many women are having issues. Can they fall pregnant? Can they create the business that they want? Are they able to care for the children? Are they able to breastfeed? Like there's like the list goes on and I'm not going to get into like, too much of the stuff, especially on the medical side, because um, that, you know, pushes a lot of buttons. But when we look at the feminine experiences, we are, we are viewed as bodies to be fixed. Our menstrual cycle is something to be fixed. It's something to be sorted, something to be pushed aside. We need to fit our experience into the way that the masculine does work, the way the masculine lives. And the, ma the way the masculine expresses himself is awesome. That's for him but the way the feminine expresses herself is completely different. And we need to find a way where we're co-creating together and where the feminine experience is celebrated and included in the world instead of her having to shift into the way the men work. Well, I, I'm glad you brought that up though, because, you know, I think that's why when I was in corporate America, I remember feeling like a man, right? Like I had on the blazer and I, and it was almost like women couldn't act like women. Women were acting like men. Yeah, yeah. 
And we need to do that to survive in many situations in that aspect that we're perceived. If we're going to go into the corporate world, then we need to act like men to be female there. But it's, it's just kind of ridiculous when you think about it. It's like these feminine bodies having to be men. And this is where you know, the disintegration of many systems fall down as well. And it's like, and then we can also see how our feminine experience is also criminalized and it's always up for judgment. I mean, we see that in politics. A female um, gets into politics and how she looks, the size of her body, what clothes she's wearing is all up for discrepancy as opposed to the work she's doing. You know, like it's a quintessential, the quintessential sort of narrative that goes on so yeah you're right about that i always hate how they do that with women's clothing yeah it's like since, since when is it up for discussion <laughs> like when, when does what women wear a discussional point on her value in society like why why is a woman's value in any conversation need to be backed up with the clothes that she's wearing as opposed to what she's contributing verbally and you know energetically and physically like it's beyond my belief that that's an intelligent overweight or too thin or whatever her size oh yeah oh yeah like her body size is now the the basis of contribution <laughs> to the situation or to the conversation like it's phenomenal absolutely phenomenal oh, that's so yeah. funny. okay yeah. so what you're doing in your program is you're really helping women tap more into the feminine which is similar to what i'm doing yeah, so this three-month program is like, which I co-create with Jade Mason, who's my business partner, is we go through the menstrual cycle, how to follow your menstrual cycle so that you can create your business, be in your creative flow, when to rest, like to go through the four archetypes, you know, the maiden, when we're like the little girl and when we're in the flirtatious stage and then when we go into, you know, the, uh, the eroticism of ovulation and then the queen type stage of clearing our way of what's good for us and what's not and then going into the crone, which is the darkness, the silence, the prayer, you know, the old. And so every woman has the opportunity to go through those archetypes every single month. And when we embody each archetype at its time, there's so many aspects to our life that go into full force when we're using that energy at that time. And then my contribution in that three months is around the sexuality that happens through those four archetypes. So the three months is everything. It's a relationship with self, the relationship with others, the relationship with your work, the relationship with your family, and how to do how to do that on a monthly cycle so that we're always in a cyclic nature that is so supportive to the feminine experience, which actually allows you to get more of your needs met. It allows you to be supported by the universe, by your family, by your man, by your friends, by your work, and to understand like how our well-being is so intricately connected to our menstrual health and our sexual health. I mean, these are the two pivotal aspects in the female body is your orgasmic health and your menstrual health. And even if you're not bleeding anymore, even if you've gone into the purple tent, how following the moon, your body still goes on a cycle. Like I support women who are even using, you know, the IUD with hormones where they don't bleed and yet they still notice when they start tracking the moon and tracking their energy levels that they're on a cycle regardless what chemicals are doing to their body their body is still going through a cycle and how to follow that cycle mm. so it's yes. a beautiful 
dropping into relating of the body that you occupy. <laughs> I love <laughs> that. Because, you know, I remember when I was in college, I got on this pill called seasoning. And it was where you only have your pill four times a year. I mean, you only have your period four times a year. And now I look back what? and I'm like, that's crazy. I'm so glad I got off of all that because it's messing with mother nature. It's, it is so unfathomable to me. <laughs> I mean, I know when I was younger, I was also put on the pill, like you have acne. So mm -hmm. you get put on the pill. Yeah. The fact that the female body is like, well, we can fix that <laughs> because we don't understand it from the system that we come from, you know, which is the medical system around the menstrual cycle, because so much of the feminine cycle fitting into the masculine world becomes, you know, something that's too difficult to understand. We would just deplete it. We'll just like delete it. Sorry. We can delete that for you. <laughs> it's kind of like you're a computer. And that program's not working so well, so it's got a virus. We'll delete it. <laughs> That's what it's like. The female experience will be deleted. <laughs> oh, so funny. I know. I was like, I'm getting rid of my period. <laughs> That's right. It's too messy. It's too difficult, you know. And also, too, like in the experience of where, you know, when we're bleeding and when we're about to go into our bleed, the feminine body, you know, all of our hormonal system is really asking us to rest. This is another thing that kind of really, oh, just makes me squirm is when we're reading all of those um, posts that say, I can do anything that you can do even when I'm bleeding. And it's just that whole point that we have to be 10 times stronger. We have to push through things that are unnatural just to prove that we can still go to work when our body is demanding that we don't go to work. Our body is asking us to rest to go inward, to recuperate, to nourish ourselves for the next cycle. But what we do instead is we just push through, push through, push through. We keep on working. We keep on proving. And, you know, with all of my clients, you know, I get them to start tracking that. And it's chaos. The amount of emails they have to rewrite, the amount of money they lose, the, the you know, the arguments they have that they have to, you know, go and apologize for during those two, three days where they need to be silent inward. So then they have to do all of this extra work to reestablish relationships that they've, you know, <laughs> blown up, reestablish, you know, work, work incidents where they've, you know, made mistakes and they have to redo things. Like it's just, it doesn't work. You know, if we start tracking and looking at it we, it, we are so much better off listening to our bodies, going into rest, because this is also our dream state. Women release DMT, which is the, the molecule, it's the substance, whatever you want to call it, that, you know, is in magic mushrooms, that's in ayahuasca. So men need to take a substance to have the dream state and the visions that the female body is able to have when we start looking after ourselves. You know, I mm, love it. Yes, I I love. I feel more intuitive in my period. I feel more like I totally feel the waves you're talking about because I do feel more of a going within during that period. Yeah, yeah, and it's our body's signal to like if you rest now, you're gonna have more energy later. You know, and then when we're ovulating, we stay up all night or we work longer hours and become extremely creative and we've got more energy for things. You know. And that's where we place our energy. So when we start looking at a moon calendar instead of a weekly calendar, you know, it's, it's so much um, 
more in align with the female experience to create her work around that and her time with her partner or her time with the children or time with her friends, you know, looking at your social calendar from your moon cycle is phenomenal. It's so much fun. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that you teach that. And I love the archetypes too. Um, so what would you, what final takeaway would you want people to take away from this conversation? Mm. Well, it's also when we look at our work, our work agenda, and when we look at following our cycle for our health, it's also for our sexual health. Because, you know, sharing with women, it's like, you know, men always say, oh my God, but last week she was so up for it. And what's happening this week? Like last week she was all over me and this week I can't even touch her. And that's on a cyclic nature. So to have our sexual needs completely cared for and addressed, it's also following our cycle. So the feminine body is not a problem to fix. The feminine body is an absolute magical cauldron that is to be honored, adored, understood. And then, then we get to create our life in that space. You know? And everyone is looked after. <laughs> yes, more sex, more orgasms, more happiness. Oh, more well-being, better health, better immune systems. You know, <laughs> happy women makes for a happy society. And there's all of these studies. The more orgasms that women have, the happier the community is. <laughs> there's more peace on earth. The more, women, if we want to have, we want to uh, take war and take, you know, all of this sort of violence out of the world, women need to have more orgasms, but good orgasms. So the more orgasms that women have, the more peace will be on the planet. We have work to do. <laughs> you want to be in peace on the planet, we just need to go out and have better sex with ourselves and with others. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Any other takeaways? Encore. <laughs> uh, more orgasms and more peace. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where can everybody find you? Mm, on Instagram, the Pleasure Studio, Melissa Louise. And then my website as well, you know, melissalouise.world. And, um, and this three-month mentorship that we have coming up starts the 26th of March. And you can find those links in both of those areas and reach out and whatever. But, yeah, we're only taking 13 women. So it's also to a container around sacred sisterhood about celebrating, supporting, and holding each other accountable to our desires and what we're wanting to do in the world. So with 13 women, it's a lot more one-on-one -on -one time and being really accountable and celebrational with one another. So that's also a very important factor. Mm, I love the small inner circle. That's great. Okay, I will place your links below. Y'all, this is such a fun conversation. Be sure to like, share, subscribe to the podcast. DM either of us your thoughts on Instagram and we'll catch you later. Bye. <laughs>